1: kick things off our one of sports today is underway wednesday july 12th logan gordon along with you we're coming to july from the doug lacy's basement systems downtown studios here in calgary alberta great set of producers along with us today shan is here azam is here taylor is here helping us get through the next two hours We'll start things off talking about a not great anniversary for Calgary Flames fans. A star player deciding he was going elsewhere in free agency that might have changed the course of this franchise. That happened one year ago today. We'll dive into that in just moments. We have a WPCA report to get to today. We'll check in on the latest around the Calgary Stampede as well. Kids day at the Calgary Stampede, I believe. So all the critters under 12 getting in free. Weather has been good so far downtown. So hope you have enjoyed some uh, time outside stampeding. And a little bit later on in hour two, our uh, NHL offseason review will head west. Checking with the Vancouver Canucks. What have they been up to this offseason? They're looking to get back to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Our pal Big Nazar. From Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver will join us. So lots to get you over the next couple hours, including your text at 960-960. The fan feedback line always open to you here on Sportsnet today. Questions, comments, queries, and I'm sure this next topic is sure to get the text line going because it was one year ago to the day that Johnny Goudreau told the Calgary Flames he would be leaving in free agency.
2: We were informed
3: earlier this evening, after uh, a lengthy, uh, a lengthy discussion um, and negotiation, um, that John, Johnny Gaudreau, was going to hit free agency, and he'll be testing the market and uh, entering the free agency market uh, tomorrow. Um, it's a disappointing day, uh, to say the very least.
1: That is now. Toronto Maple Leafs GM and former Flames GM Brad Treliving on the night of the news being informed to him in his camp that Johnny Goudreau would not be accepting an offer from the Calgary Flames. He was set to hit free agency the next day and just a few days later would land with the Columbus Blue Jackets where he had a prediction, or not really a prediction, but a, a reason for his signing in Columbus that didn't exactly pan out, at least in year one.
4: Didn't come to
2: Columbus to, you know, check out the views. You know, I came here to win hockey games, and and,
4: and that's important to me.
1: Didn't exactly win a lot of hockey games in Columbus. They, uh, they get a consolation prize for that bad season in Adam Fantilli, but we're not going to talk too much about the jacket side of things, but I wanted to talk about, you know, what has changed with the organization in the year since Johnny left and whether it was a big factor in Matthew Kachuk making his decision to leave the Calgary Flames, whether it started this spiral effect of other members of the Calgary Flames saying they don't want to play here or would rather play somewhere else. I really think that you can look back at the Goudreau situation and wonder and whether or not we'll ever get the true answer to this or not. I, I don't know but you can certainly wonder whether this was the tipping point and whether it certainly seems like it'll be one in Brad Treliving's tenure as GM, his inability to get Goudreau signed to a long-term deal, walking him to free agency and losing an asset for nothing. Who had one of his best career seasons as a member of the Calgary Flames, the Flames let a 115 point player walk to free agency for nothing. Weeks later, The other player on his wing, who hit 100 points that season, Matthew Kachuk, told the franchise, I don't have any intention of signing here long-term, it's probably best if you trade me. Everything that's changed from the Huberto trade to now Noah Hannafin making his decision, it's been a wild year since Johnny left, and... Look, Johnny didn't go to personal success or team success in Columbus. He finished last season with 21 goals, 74 points in 80 games. I mentioned that the Jackets were nowhere close to a playoff spot. Even adding Adam Fantilli in this recent draft probably doesn't get them close to a playoff position. It's still a team... In the midst of a rebuild, they've got some great pieces. Cole Sillinger's there. Kent Johnson's there. They've got some pieces coming up for sure. But Johnny Goudreau's now 29 years old, and you've got to wonder how long it's going to take for them to be successful during Johnny's tenure in Columbus. And were there other factors in this? Sure, absolutely. Johnny wanting to go closer to home be in a, a spot that was closer for his family to to come watch him play. Sure, all of that was a factor. But from a Calgary Flames perspective, you can't overlook the fact that the new GM of this team directly brought up the Johnny Goudreau situation in his initial press conference as a situation he felt he would do differently if he had the choice. And that's why I think this anniversary, this one-year look back is so important to kick off the show today because I think the organization since the Johnny Gaudreau decision or inability to sign Johnny Gaudreau, whatever you want to call it has had to change their fundamental thinking and have had to make it a priority that look, we're not going to let players of value walk out of this organization for nothing. It can cause irreparable damage it's not a good look for your your franchise as a whole, whatever it is, whether it means making the hard decisions and trading players uh, a year out from free agency like we've started to see Craig Conroy do this off season, whether it means having those hard conversations about extensions and you know what players' true feelings are like they've had with Noah Hannafin that I think the the organization's had to Drastically changed how that's happened, and I think a lot of it's because of Johnny Gaudreau. Is some of it from Matthew Kachuk? Sure, absolutely. That's that's another one that for sure came down the line. But the Gaudreau situation happened first, and if you're Matthew Kachuk, I mean, I think it would be impossible not to say that it had some sort of impact on Matthew's decision. They were good friends. Both of them with American Passports. They played together the last couple of seasons. They both had their best statistical season in Calgary on the same line with Elias Lindholm. You can't tell me that Johnny walking away for nothing didn't at least make Matthew Kachuk think twice about his decision and go, "Mm, maybe Calgary isn't the spot for me. And look, the the Kachuk decision and the the bridge contract rather than the long-term contract, we can get into that another day, but I think it that there's no doubt here, 365 days later from that announcement from, from Brad true living, the Johnny Gaudreau's camp informed him They're not coming back and he was going to test the market changed. I don't want to say changed everything, but I think it changed an awful lot for the Calgary flames because I don't, I mean, whether it's like I said, whether it's Kachuk, whether it was Living's future with the organization, whether it was just how management and ownership look at at how they handle assets, a lot has changed in those three hundred and sixty-five days. And it's pretty clear to me that this was the first piece of the puzzle that that happened for the Calgary Flames. And look, Johnny Goudreau could have had a legacy here. He could have had a long-term you know, future here. As I don't know that Johnny Gaudreau was ever going to be a captain of the Calgary Flames. But I think it's fair to say he would have gone down as one of the most prolific scorers in Flames history. I think we could have talked about Johnny Gaudreau's number being up at the Scotiabank Dome or future buildings one day. And for whatever reason, whether he says... Like in the clip that we played, it was about going to Columbus to win or whether it was about money and respect from the Flames organization or whether it was truly just about being closer to family. That changed so much for the Calgary Flames. And here we are today with a roster that doesn't even look close to the one that Johnny Goudreau left. And I wonder a year out how much uh, the Johnny Goudreau decision did eventually play into this. Uh, You can give us your thoughts uh, on the one-year anniversary of Johnny Gaudreau's departure to free agency at 960-960. The fan feedback line always open to you. Was it the first stepping stone? Was Kachuk's decision the bigger one for the Calgary Flames? It's interesting to compare the two for me because I I look at Matthew Kachuk and look, the, the obvious personal success he's had in Florida and the fact that we watched them go all the way to a Stanley cup final. He's a little bit younger than Goudreau as well. The return hasn't been great for Matthew Kachuk as far as the trade pieces go for the Calgary flames. So there's more involved in that. I still think that the Goudreau one was the first domino. I think it was the first domino for how Brad Trilliving's tenure was going to be looked at for the Calgary flames I think it was the first domino as to how some other players felt about the organization. And clearly, and I'll go back to this again because how how often does that happen? Going back to Craig Conroy's initial press conference at the Scotiabank Saddle, though. I was there, I was listening, and I just it still strikes me to this day as one that I think Craig clearly was frustrated by for a number of reasons. And look, Craig was as involved on the Johnny Goudreau front as anybody in bringing him to Calgary out of college and making sure that that his family felt welcome in Calgary and all these pieces that led to to Johnny Goudreau being a successful member of the Calgary Flames. You can't tell that story without Craig Conroy. So he's obviously connected to it. But as he goes from an assistant GM spot to the actual GM of this team who makes those decisions, it still strikes me today that he brought up in that press conference the Johnny Gaudreau situation and how to this day it still eats at him that that situation should have been handled differently. And it, handled differently doesn't mean going back to the trade deadline of that season and trading Johnny Gaudreau because that's not realistic. That's, that's, and that's exactly what you want to avoid this season with all of those UFAs that we've talked about and that we've continued to wait on, whether it's Lindholm or Hannafin, Tanev, Zadorov, all those sort of things. You can't risk going to the trade deadline with assets expiring at the end of the year and being in a winning position. It just doesn't work out well. The Flames had no choice. They were fighting for the top of the Pacific Division that season. Gaudreau and Kachuk were on a tear. They were on probably the best line in hockey that season. Even if Johnny had told them, no, he wasn't coming back at that point, which he hadn't, you can't trade him at that point. There is no way that the team would have let them do that. So you have to take it back to the year before and Brad Choliving's initial conversations about a long-term extension with the Calgary Flames that clearly didn't sit well with the Goudreau camp and I think introduced that seed of doubt into Johnny's mind about his future in Calgary. If that's only the amount that they value me, then look, maybe I I don't want to be in Calgary long-term. And look, that was a shortened season. It was the 56-game year. 49 points, the whole team struggled but that was your time to get Johnny Gaudreau signed up long term for the Calgary Flames and it didn't happen and the Dominoes have fallen ever since and it's easy to be Matthew Kachuk today because like I said, he was still playing hockey what, three weeks ago? four weeks ago? in the Stanley Cup final with the Florida Panthers, it's a little different For Johnny Gaudreau, who might look back at it differently after year one in Columbus. And maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's at peace with that decision and and fine with how the direction is going for the Columbus Blue Jackets. But for the Calgary Flames, things have certainly, certainly changed. A couple of texts at 960960. Fan feedback line always open to you here on Sportsnet today. Uh, Ray says, I look at the Golden Knights. They had to retool the chemistry, right? I think the Flames have a good base. One or two additions. Markstrom getting back to his old self. I'm excited. Yeah, the one thing for sure about Goudreau's changing is, is that it did bring a a wave of change to the Calgary Flames. And I've said this a couple of times too. Not that I think the Goudreau leaving for nothing was the ideal situation for the Flames because it wasn't. You can never... There's no good way to sell a 115-point player leaving for nothing. There's no good way to do that. But the best of the Calgary Flames core of Monaghan, Goudreau, Kachuk, Lindholm, Jordano, all those guys, the best they ever got to was a second-round exit against the Oilers. You're not breaking up the Beatles. You weren't taking apart one of the, the great Dynasties in the NHL. Could it still have been handled a lot better? Absolutely. I just said it. You can't let a 115 point player leave for nothing, regardless of the fact that he went to Columbus and it hasn't been good for him since. You can't do that. You have to, at a minimum, I think, handle it like Craig Conroy is going forward with these guys and saying, hey, I need a decision and we'll go from there. If we can't come to terms on an extension, we're gonna have to make some hard decisions because you can't repeat what's happened here uh let's see here. uh, do we have an idea what the flames offer to Johnny was two years ago? uh no i this is just going off of what what Pat's reported in the past on this. I believe it was a longer term deal for Gaudreau that was on the table two years ago, but the money was wasn't there like I think that we're talking somewhere in the sixes was what Goudreau's offer was from the Flames after that 49-point season in 56 games. And uh, from everything that we've learned since then, that didn't sit well with the with the the Goudreau camp, and that was kind of the first piece for them going forward. Um, This text says, was the first Domino the Daryl extension? Possibly. I, I still think you have to go back to... I mean, I have a difficulty with the, the Daryl decision being the one that that broke the back here because even if you didn't love Daryl Sutter as a head coach and you were Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk, how do you argue with the results? How do you argue with your two best seasons personally and as a team? Like Again, as a team, we should be aiming higher than the second round, but that's still the furthest that either one of them had gotten as members of the Calgary Flames. So you can dislike Daryl all you want, but at that point, uh, you know, when we we're talking about this, the results were good for Johnny under Daryl. And we were, he was one of the main people that we questioned. I remembered as soon as we were having the shows, once Daryl came in, we thought, Matthew Kachuk? Okay, Daryl Sutter player. Is Johnny Goudreau going to be that guy? Hmm we weren't sure, but it certainly worked out in year one or in year two, I should say the full year under Daryl. So I I don't know that the the Sutter extension wound up being the one that, that went past maybe this year. That's, that's fair to say, but looking back at the good situation, I'm not sure. Um, enough about good. It's a big, big moment, uh, to talk about. This is one that's, Changed a lot from the, for the future of the Calgary Flames. Uh, Darren from McKenzie, Trilliving said the Huberto contract was offered to Johnny. Yeah, we were talking about the second contract there. Darren, the first contract that started the negotiations was prior to his 115-point season. The Flames did have a bigger, more substantial offer on the table for Goudreau last off season, which we still believe was the, the Huberto contract and was for more than what he signed for in Columbus. But the initial contract negotiations that began after the 56-game season were the ones that apparently didn't sit well with the the Gaudreau camp. Uh, this one says, I disagree with your assessment of the Gaudreau situation. His camp was never going to re-sign the Flames. Flilling's offer was way above market value. He didn't want to return. Complete fantasy. I, look, I, I've heard from plenty of others, and I, I, again, I go to Pat, who's as dialed in as any of these things were at the draft with Brad, Treliving and having those conversations, everybody, even the GM at that point believed to within 24 hours uh, of free agency coming that Johnny was legitimately fighting with the decision about coming back. I don't think that it was predetermined that Johnny was never coming back. I, I, I don't think that that's, if you think that it's fair, but i I think that there was a legitimate pull for him to come back to Calgary. It didn't happen. It is what it is um, what else we got here there's lots of nine six zero nine six zero um yeah that's that's pretty much it for the text line right now um but yeah, it was a year ago today that uh Brad Schlivving informed the media that. The Flames found out that Johnny Gaudreau was going to uh, hit free agency. A couple of days later, <laughs> the second stunner came that it was the Columbus Blue Jackets. And uh, ever since then, the futures of both the Flames and uh, Johnny Gaudreau have gone their separate ways. And it'll be one that we for sure look back on, not just on the, the one-year anniversary today, but it'll be one that I think we look back on here in Calgary uh, for years going forward to see exactly what happens with Johnny Gaudreau in Columbus and, in turn, Obviously, the day-to-day as to what happens with the Flames franchise after uh, Johnny decided to leave. We'll uh, take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Still lots to come on the program today. We'll keep uh, going to your text at 960-960. But we've got a Stamps report to get to. Big game coming up for the Calgary Stampeders. They are in Saskatchewan on Saturday, taking on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They need a win desperately. Lose on Saturday, and you've lost the season series to the Riders before Week 7 is even here. That would not be good for the Stamps and Jake Mayer. Uh, so Patrick Dumas got your latest from McMahon with a Stamps report. Taylor's going to get us caught up with the Jays on a Jays report following uh, the All-Star game yesterday. We've still got lots to go. We'll check in on the Stampede, check in on the Chucks, and uh, our NHL offseason review continues. All of that as Sportsnet Today rolls on this Wednesday afternoon here on Sportsnet 960, The Fam.
0: You're listening to SportsNet today with Logan Gordon on the Home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 the fan.
1: Hour one rolling on. It is July 12th. Logan Gordon along with you. Azam is here. Taylor's here. Shan's here. What's up, everybody? How are we doing? I'm fantastic. How are you, Logan? Fantastic. I like that. I like the energy. Taylor, are you still tired? Always tired.
4: The, one, uh, the question is, when am I not tired? That's a
1: fair that's a fair question. I thought maybe with just less Cam, you'd be less tired, but that's fair.
4: Mm, you know, it, it, the energy's a little up, but...
1: <laughs> if you missed it, our, one of our usual afternoon show producers, Cam, uh, hanging out with the guys in the morning with uh, Russick and Rosa, or I should say Russick and Francis. Uh, we've been hanging out the last couple days. Filling in for some summer shifts, so Cam's got the early one. Whether he'll be back or not, we don't know. Possibly. We might just stick with his arm and Maybe Shan will stick around. Who knows? Would you like that, Shan?
2: No more early mornings? I, I, w- I, would, I would definitely like that a little bit. I, I It was nice being done at noon, but uh, the 3.30 wake-ups were awful. Yeah.
4: Is it going to be like the time we tried to trade Cam for Alex a couple weeks ago? Not, our guess, month?
1: Yeah, right around trade deadline time, we did try to acquire Alex Brody from the morning show. In exchange for Cam, but um didn't he leave in free agency though? He did. He uh he Goudreau'd us. Typical Alex Brody. That's fine. I don't want I want people who want to be here, guys. I don't need negative attitudes like Alex Brody anymore. Have you even missed Brody on the beat? No, haven't even missed it. What is Brody on the beat? No one knows. Just a thing. We want winners here. We need quitters like Alex Brody going to get a text from Alex in five minutes. I guarantee it. Uh, rolling on the program. We've got lots to get to today. We'll check in uh, on the Calgary Stampede, get you some rodeo results coming up in just a few. Uh, also get you our WPCA report, the uh, latest on the Chucks coming up. Uh, our NHL review continues today. We'll head out to Vancouver, check in with the Canucks with Bick Nazar. But first, uh, update on a couple of teams we're following here closely on Sportsnet 960, starting with the Calgary Stampeders. A huge game for the Stamps early on this season. They travel to Saskatchewan on Saturday to take on the Rough Riders. Back at the practice field uh, on Wednesday, McMahon getting set for their tilt on Saturday with the latest on the Calgary Stampeders. Here's Patty Dumas.
0: This this is the Stamps Report with Patrick Dumas.
2: It's Watermelon week as the Saskatchewan Rough Riders will be the Stampeders week six opponent. These two teams met at McMahon Stadium back in week three, a 29-26 double overtime loss by the Stampeders. And I asked Coach Dave Dickinson this morning on the big show if there was some things he could take away from that game and apply it to Saturday.
5: We're probably the two teams with the most yeah. injuries oh, and yeah. you know, but they're three and one. So uh you know, we're one and three. So it's a uh, it's really that if you look at it, I don't have they don't have any sympathy for us and vice versa. Mm-hmm. They've got a bunch of their guys and receivers out as well. Which you can tell kinda of affected their their output in their last game as well. So uh tough place to play, but we enjoy playing there. We've been better on the road for some weird reason mm-hmm. than we have at home. So uh you know, we know it's a big game. It's early in the season. Um, you know, for us it felt like we had a real shot to win that game and losing the way we did, uh you know, hopefully, we show up and, and maybe uh, you know make make a make a wrong or right and and try to find a way to win this game.
2: Yeah, Dave mentioned the injuries there. 14 names are on the Riders injury report as of Tuesday. By far, the Riders and Stamps have been the most affected by the injury bug in the early days of the 2023 season. Wednesday's session was closed to the media, but during coach availability, we found out another name that will be gone for a while from the Stampeders.
5: The upper body,
3: Uh, David, I just wanted to ask, I know you said you were looking for different combinations on the offensive line. How's that process going?
6: Yeah, we've let the we've actually a um, couple guys that were banged up a little bit um, did come back today. We're, we put Hugh on six games. So unfortunately, Hugh's had multiple injuries, uh, lower body injuries. I do have faith he'll be back um, for the season. But unfortunately, it's going to be six plus. So that means another opportunity. Uh, we'll see who steals it and we have worked multiple combinations, but that's not always a good thing. You know, I think offensive lines that play the best have the same five week in, week out. Let's find that, that five and hopefully build it. Is Josh Coker getting close and I'm sure he's yeah. part of the point end. So this week was his best week and I would expect him to practice next week. Uh not sure he could play anyway yet, but I do think he's close. He had a pretty severe high ankle sprain that he really couldn't run and train and um, big man and all that. But has to be part of the picture, especially if we're not getting the job done. But the other guys have the opportunity first. So go get the job and do your job and get it done. You say the tackle's rotating, but what about the middle three? They're sort of a pack that's
3: been there for a couple seasons now. True,
6: but the problem is sometimes the guards get used to who they're playing with on the outside. Sean's keeping the glue together on the inside, doing a nice job, having a good year. But the guards need to trust and talk with the guy next to them. So uh, – even though both have uh, competed and played well, I think both guards know if we had the same guy next to him, they can up their game.
0: I asked you sort of about the special teams coverage yesterday, and you talked about Mark challenging the, the veterans. But have you been happy with a guy like Darius Williams in the way?
6: Yeah, amazing. and he's been a great teammate. He's a great story. You know, I had a major injury last year. Um, yeah, he was sick today, so he wasn't here. It's sometimes when it rains, it pours a little bit. But I like, I like his. I like his intangibles as well as his play. Meaning, I just believe he's a great teammate and a guy that uh, all of us like on our team. But he plays well too. He's he's a what we call a face-first guy. He just puts himself out there, puts his body in the line each and every play. We've moved him positions. He's playing linebacker and he's getting better there. And uh, hopefully, just keeps improving.
2: Second week with Mark and Michelle in the in the fold. How's he looking?
6: Better. I mean, just to be honest, just uh, in better shape and just more comfortable with the terminology. And he is a worker. I believe he will improve each and every week. Uh, we got to make some plays against these guys.
2: Thanks, good. Thanks. So Hugh Thornton, the latest name to land on the six-game injured list for the Stampeders. So finding some continuity along that offensive line will go a long way in seeing success with the offense. One of the names that landed on the Riders' injury list is their kicker, Brett Lowther, who did not practice because of a leg injury, so the Riders signed Campbell Fair. If that name sounds familiar, it should be as the Stampeders selected Fair in the sixth round in this past May's CFL Draft. One more day of practice here in Calgary on Thursday before heading to Regina on Friday. With your Stampeders report, I'm Patrick Dumas. Thank you, Patty.
1: Appreciate that. And continuing the conversation with uh, head coach Dave Dickinson from the big show, Earlier this morning with uh, Russick and Eric Francis.
0: Um, Our next guest, always super fun to talk to him, is the head coach and general manager of your Calgary Stampeders on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Dave Dickinson. Dave, how are you?
5: I'm good. How are you guys?
0: We're good. Uh, Dave, if you were in in a competitive eating contest, what would be the food that you could really eat a ton of? Oh,
5: (laughs) I don't, I mean, uh, I'm not going to win any of these. I, uh. I'm definitely let's say hot dogs for me in ten minutes, maybe six.
3: <laughs> That's still pretty maybe good. Something like that. Not bad. That,
5: might be, not that bad. might be my limit. So not gonna win any of those contests, especially with the guys I hang around with. Yeah,
3: good point. <laughs> yeah, you're surrounded
0: um, by hard hitting journalism here, Dave. Are you a ketchup or mustard guy? Oh, definitely ketchup. I don't like okay. mustard at all. Any mustard ruins
5: ruins any uh you know, I like like Montreal smoked meat sandwiches. Can't have mustard on them. Can't. They gotta really? have like mayo wow. or something like. that. just can't do mustard. Can't ah, do it.
3: Breaking okay. news! My I like God, that. I didn't yeah. think we'd unearth something that big. Who, who, is, who on that? Oh,
2: is big. Yeah, who on that offensive line could uh, could take <laughs> out Joey Chestnut?
5: <laughs> well, but you, you know, you look at the guys that are winning; are skinny. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like uh, maybe who, just on general, who, who do you think could
2: uh, who could who you think could go up against Chestnut on the team? The best, do you think?
5: Tommy Stevens, probably. Okay. Quarterback. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Big I mean, Tommy he has Stevens. a reputation of eating all the time. And so uh, <laughs> don't spend a lot of time at restaurants with these guys, though. So no. don't have great info. But that that's the rumor. That's the word on third.
3: Dickie, before we get into uh, the football stuff, h- how's your golf game?
5: Wasn't very good on the bye. I played a couple of charity tournaments and uh didn't didn't go overly well and then uh then I went out like uh just with old friends for nine holes just in the evening and for some reason pressure off played a lot better out at uh out at Mickelson. So uh shorter course, you played it so uh yeah. not great still, but uh hips good so I'm hitting it better makes me feel a little better about myself
3: my old buddy dicky we used to play a lot of golf He used to be a real like single digit handicap we used to have some really good matches and now when we talk about our golf game he's always throwing in there that he's got a new hip and all this <laughs> other like things have changed over the years you know what i mean it's just a different outlook all
5: the reality
0: man
3: yeah it is reality <laughs>
0: that's what it is um, um dave i've i've had the pleasure of playing with eric francis does anybody pick up three or four footers more than eric francis on a green yeah me <laughs>
6: I definitely pick up a lot more than him. He that's makes
5: I mean. them, man. Okay. His chipping and putting game is sweet. It There's is no doubt. Good. He's a short game.
3: That's very why good. that's why Dickie and I get along so well, especially when we're golfing. Yeah, that's good. Good, good. You're on the green? You're good. Yeah, good. you're good. Let's go to the next hole. Good, good. Exactly. Let's go get a hot dog with mustard. That'd be good. Dickie, uh, no. tell me about your, your team. It, it, one of the things that was kind of glaring last game was you started running the ball so well out of the gate. And then I'm assuming they just made a ton of adjustments, and they kind of shut that down is that Is that the way it happened?
5: I mean, they did do some adjustments, which was just bring uh you know bring a few more people down closer to the box um bringing a few a few different pressures um but it was also we just gotta be balanced, we have to be able to stretch a defense, we have to be able to make plays down the field, and in order to do that, you gotta hold up and give the quarterback time and then you know I you could tell our receivers quarterback we weren't quite in uh maybe on the same uh page or they just hadn't you know the 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 angle of the routes the timing of the routes just didn't seem to be what we wanted it so you got to still be balanced I know uh for us right now we're still we're fighting it a bit uh, And we do lean on our run game when we fight it but we have to take some chances down the field we have to try to win our one-on-one matchups
2: obviously uh the struggles right now with with Jake at the quarterback position but what what are you telling him he's still a young guy still trying to find his way in, into the CFL and everything but what are you what are you trying to tell him to keep his confidence going here
5: I don't have to tell him too too much on that and what I want is just uh I want him to be able to just feel like he can play free and uh, not worry about mistakes and but I do want a plan. Like so, I think whenever you struggle as a quarterback, you you maybe you just don't have a plan. You just go up there and you're just I'm going to throw this one. Well, it's not there. You got to move on. You got to have a plan. You got to have a a plan to attack defenses, and your eyes got to lead you to the easy throws or the right throws. And and uh, right now we're 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 not doing that on a consistent basis. So. Uh, Practice matters, and and for me, you got if you do it over and over in practice. That's when it usually translates over better production uh, on game day.
0: Uh, how tough is it that he's been missing uh, some of his big time weapons there to build that cohesiveness early on in the season?
5: Well, reality's reality. It's okay. I mean, obviously, we don't enjoy seeing Malik on season-ending uh, IR, and, and Kadim Carey's played about a half of football for us for the season. Reggie though came coming back was a nice addition. Um, we just, honestly, we have to quit making excuses. And these are our guys. Go build a relationship and, and chemistry with them. And we've got some talent. There were some open guys. We we do have to hold up a bit longer, uh, give them a chance to see the downfield throws, and, and then make them. Uh, we've had guys open. We've just been a little long or a little short. Uh, so we've got to start making those and, in order to win.
3: No question about it. Your quarterback is the most important player on the field. Are you, and obviously your offense has not performed the way you'd like it to. Jake, I, you know, he's kind of taken that upon himself to a degree. Are you seeing the right things and hearing the right things from him in terms of his approach uh, despite, you know, not having success early on?
5: It gets tough. I mean, I agree, like, uh, you know, momentum is something and confidence. Is, it's really about doing it. You can talk all you want, but you got to go out on the field and do it, and and you got to get a little bit of a swagger. But in order to do that, you got to play well and you got to win. So uh, the one thing we're excited, we want, we can't wait for the next game. Yeah, I know it's been a little, it's eight day week for us, which is too long. We uh, we want to just play more, and we want to see if we can get into a groove and uh, try to find our rhythm and timing because the only way you really find it is to do it in a game, and and that uh, that's why that next opportunity is so important.
2: Talk to me about the opponent, the Saskatchewan Roughriders. You, you played them uh, a few weeks back before your bye. Tough loss in double overtime. Uh, they were coming off a really weird, uh, very struggling game against uh, the Elks there last week. But uh, w- can you take uh, any of the tape from uh, from uh, the end of June there against the Riders and apply it to to uh, this Saturday?
5: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're we're probably the two teams with the most yeah. injuries, oh, and yeah. you know, but they're three and one, so uh, you know, we're one and three. So it's a uh, it's really, that if you look at it, I don't have, they don't have any sympathy for us and vice versa. Mm-hmm. They've got a bunch of their guys and receivers out as well, which you can tell kind of affected their, their output in their last game as well. So uh, tough place to play, but we enjoy playing there. We've been better on the road for some weird reason mm-hmm. than we have at home. So, uh, you know, we know it's a big game. It's early in the season. Um, you know, for us, felt like we had a real shot to win that game and losing the way we did uh Hopefully, we show up and, and maybe uh, you know make make a make a wrong or right and and try to find a way to win this game.
3: Dick, it's been a lot of years since you, me, your brother, uh, your your brother-in-law, or, or uh, no, your brother-in-law. Yeah, and we would play poker in my basement, in your basement, and now you and your brother go head to head on the CF in the CFL. I'm just curious, do you know your record? against your brother i don't know it it's not a loaded question i just do you know it at all times does one of the brother do you remind him or he reminds you
5: no i don't know it uh i do the one that stands out to me again is we lost to him in the playoffs in the overtime double yeah, overtime. yeah we've lost two double overtime games to him um <laughs> you know so uh yeah that's uh because those are you know to me you're right there and you you win those, you feel so good about yourself you lose them, and not like hockey you don't get a point um so you just feel so deflated and you got to you got to try to find a way to to move past it don't know it really it's not it's not it's kind of an old story for me you know we've played enough now yeah yeah uh, the first couple of times it was it was cool for my parents and all that but now it's just uh, another, you know, opponent that we don't like each other. And I think it, it, it's, it is a bit of a bad taste in our mouth, you know, when we, when we see Ryder fans uh, around the city. We want to make sure we've beat them so we can talk, talk, uh, talk our game a little bit and uh, losing in that double overtime, uh, that's certainly not the way we want to leave it. So we've got to go out there and get a win, and we've got to play better. We've got to find, find ways to get the confidence in the room growing and try to get that swagger back.
1: This is Stampeders head coach and general manager Dave Dickinson with Russick, Francis and Dumas a little bit earlier today on the big show, big game for the Stampeders on Saturday. They're into Regina to take on the 3-1 Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Stamps need a win to avoid losing the season series to the Riders after Saskatchewan took that double OT game in Calgary just a few weeks ago. Uh, over to baseball the Toronto Blue Jays uh, just about to come out of the All-Star break following last night's All-Star game. It featured a couple of Toronto Blue Jays in prominent roles, uh, and a bit of a worry for one member of the Toronto Blue Jays. But everything seems to be okay for Toronto coming out of the All Star game uh, and looking forward to their next game in the second half of the season. With today's Jays Report, here's Taylor Dingman.
5: Time now for the Jays Report on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: Here's Taylor Dingman.
4: The MLB all-star game was as entertaining as could be with home runs, amazing plays, and an intense game of rock, paper, scissors. It was a matchup of some of the best players in the MLB showing off their skills. Both Garrett Cole and Zach Gallen were on their game, both having a three up three down first inning. Zach Gallen even struck out Otani. It did take six pitches, however. Things got a little bit more interesting in the bottom of the second when Yandy Diaz hit a home run to give the AL a one nothing lead.
0: That one hit well. Yandi Diaz to deep left. Gone! Yandi Diaz, a first time All Star who's going to be a dad tomorrow morning, has now gone deep in the All Star game to put the American League ahead 1 0. It
4: took until the top of the fourth to see the offense again as the NL Luis Arise picked up an RBI single.
0: Boy he's amazing base hit, right field Luisa rise he's seen two pitches has two singles on this one he's tied the game Luis rise drives home J.D. Martinez and it's tied at one in the fourth
4: Bochette came in clutch once more picking up a sack fly to give the AL a lead in the sixth
0: Bochette to right field Soto will catch it now Perez is going to tag and he'll come in to score. Well, nicely done on the very first pitch. A sacrifice fly to put the American League back ahead 2-1. to one.
4: Jordan Romano came in in the top of the seventh to face Dodgers' Will Smith and got him to fly out on three pitches. Former teammate Lourdes Gurriel Jr. almost hit a home run. However, after review, it ended up being just foul. Romano left the game after that pitch with a lower back tightness. Rockies, Elias Diaz would hit a two-run homer to seal the National League's first All-Star game. Win since 2012.
0: Not going two two to Diaz is hit in the air to deep left field. Back it goes. Elias Diaz puts the National League in front. At 32 years old in his All Star debut, a go ahead home run.
4: The pitchers were the stars of this game, with the American League giving up nine hits to the National League seven. The Jays will be back on Friday as they play against the Arizona Diamondbacks.
5: Catch the Blue Jays all season long right here on Calgary's home of the Blue Jays, Sportsnet 960,
1: The Fan. Thank you, Taylor. Appreciate that. As always, we'll take a break. Come back on the other side to check in on the Chucks at uh, the Calgary Stampede or WPC reports coming up. Plus, uh, what can you see at the Stampede grounds later tonight? Your Stampede reports coming up. That in our NHL review, check in on the Vancouver Canucks. All is our two rolls on. It's next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.